And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of March 12th, 2019. This is the Starting Pitcher Preview. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And in the front office with me today is Phil. We've excused Todd. All right, we are going to kick off tonight's show talking about our starting pitcher tiers. Phil, where uh, where do you sit with the first tier of starting pitchers to target? So I actually have Sale number one overall. That's kind of controversial, but I think per inning basis, he gives you the best overall value. I have a smaller tier than what looks like you guys have, but I have um, Sale, Scherzer, DeGrom, Verlander and Kluber, kind of the guys that have <clears throat> done it for a while. Um, plus, you know, DeGrom was just so good last year, and he has a nice little track record also. All right. Todd sent in his first tier, and that is, of course, Max, number one. DeGrom, number two. Uh, Sale at three. Verlander, four. Kluber, five. Snell sneaking in there at six in the top tier. Now, Snell is pretty, uh, uh, I guess, controversial. He made this huge jump out of nowhere, won the Cy Young, and I'm not seeing a lot of people projection-wise thinking he'll repeat it's not that we i don't think that he's gonna repeat i mean he had an amazing year last year so it'd be tough to repeat exactly and and the the thing is is it'd be tough for anybody to repeat that but you know the other thing is is you know he doesn't necessarily have the track record of the other people like he had a four era i know it's kind of archaic stat but um he had a four era in 17 and then comes out of nowhere and has you know 189 era um, I don't think 189 is sustainable for anybody. Let's be realistic. Um, you know, if you get a 2.5 out of somebody in this landscape, you're pretty happy. I, I don't know. I, I think that he's just going a little bit earlier than some of the other guys that have risk associated with him. Um, I, I, you know, spoiler alert, I have him at the top of my next tier. So, I mean, he's he's right there. And for me as well, my my top tier, I end up having seven guys in that top tier. Uh, Scherzer, Sale, Verlander, DeGrom, Nola, Cole, and Snell. Nola took a big step forward, as did Snell. Uh-huh. My algorithm really favored a lot of these guys. Uh, let me walk you through what the algorithm had in it. That might explain a little bit more. For starting pitchers, I had their wins rank falls in there. K rank, their whip rank, ERA rank, FIP rank, K minus walk percent rate, their swinging strike rate, and their hard hit percentage rank. And that really jumped up a lot of these guys that are generally second tier. And even looking at it like there's a clear distinction between uh, Cole and everybody above and Kluber starting my second tier on down. Snell is just kind of in the middle there. He's literally in the middle between the two based on my rankings. So I, hmm. I just fudged it and put him up. Yeah. So now that we've got Snell on the board for everybody starting your second tier there, Phil, who, uh, who rounds out your core? So I feel like the top tier is guys that you know you've come to rely on over the years uh, i feel like the second tier is guys that kind of have some warts attached to them uh whether it's you know snell uh who has his you know lack of track record for a better you know right, for anything right. all intensive purposes same thing with walker bueller which is at the very end of my tier but anyways so it's it's snell nola cole carrasco uh bauer and then bueller so a lot of these guys have either had only one year of success success or like Cole had you know on and off again so it's kind of hard to throw him up in the next tier for me same thing with 
Carrasco. He's kind of he's like one of my favorite pitchers, um, but he's always been an injury risk and he's always had you know problems. Um, I really hope that he does doesn't have any other problems for the rest of his career. But you know I'm not betting on that, so I kind of got to pull him down a little bit. Bauer, kind of the same thing. Like I said, I mean he's only had a small amount. I know he's had dominant spurts, but as far as the full season's concerned, last year was the first time that he had you know a great full season. And then Bueller, kind of same thing. I mean he's a, he was a rookie last year. If he comes up this year and dominates, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, would anybody be surprised if he had a four ERA either? Um, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like it, right, it's something right. it's something you kind of have to bake into what you're looking at. So eh, here to me is is pretty clear uh, chunk with, where they have some risk associated with them. That's why I don't put any of those guys in the top tier. Gotcha. Uh, Todd, he has Nola, Cole, Bauer. I'm surprised Bauer isn't higher. He's kind of a yeah. fanboy. Uh, yeah. Severino makes an appearance at 10. Carrasco, Cindergard, Bueller, and Kershaw sneaks in. Uh, he did send a note that in his initial rankings, Kershaw was 10, but due to the injury news, uh, he did bump him down, which really doesn't change his tier at all, at least not for him. Man, such a risky pick there, Kershaw. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree, but it depends on what, what pick you get him because that's his 14th, uh, 14th pitcher. I also have him as my 14th pitcher or wait, maybe my pitcher or something like that. Um, but I, I feel like we're in the same spot, basically, as far as draft part is concerned. I think the tiers just got a little bit different mindset going into him, I think. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, my second tier, I had to draw kind of a hard line because towards the back end of this tier, it just gets fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Like there's no clear distinction. It's, uh, do you like this guy over that guy? And, and I didn't even fudge people up or down. I just had to draw a line and go, well, this is where the second tier ends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Kluber Bauer, and they are nearly identical and they're on opposite sides of the career mountain here. Kluber on the down and Bauer on the up. Uh, Morton comes in, Severino, Carrasco, Corbin, Syndergaard, and James Paxton. Now, we, we just did the TGFBI, and looking at uh -huh. the early uh, tiers here, what, did you aim to get one or two of these guys? Or did I, I wasn't really in a position where I got a good starter. <laughs> um that that didn't really work for me uh my first round i went jd the second round nanny fell to me um and then the third round i, I had Marte, and he's been my guy for a while so by the time that i got back to my uh fourth round pick there really wasn't much left on the on the board and um jack flaherty was my ace that i got I'm in the same boat. Flaherty ended up my number one, and it looks, yeah, Robbie Ray was my number two. Mm, yeah, see, I, I don't feel good about my number two either. <laughs> Mine, mine's having elbow issues as of right now, so uh, Mike Fulton a Wevich, so. Oh, uh, yes. I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, not having this. It's not going to uh, be the same thing as last year. That's all I'll say. Right. All right. Let's take a peek down at your third tier here. Yeah. So I have, uh, this is basically what I call the, the injury tier plus polarity um, because I don't think <laughs> right. is an injury risk, but it's like Severino. I think he would be in the second tier. Uh, Kershaw, same thing. Uh, actually, all these guys, Severino, Kershaw, Syndergaard, Paxton, and then Flaherty. Um, that's, that's my third tier. And so the top four guys of this tier, I think could actually be in the second tier. 
But with the injury concerns, uh, I think I have to drop him down a little bit. And then the reason that Flaherty is at the back end of this is because I feel like that he could actually jump into um, jump into the second tier next year, um, have that kind of you know year this year. So I, I feel like that even maybe scratch the back end of the top tier. I think Flaherty's a, a nice little sleeper for everybody. That even though you know he's like my fifteenth pitcher off that I I would project you know at this point. Uh, that's not really much of a sleeper, quote unquote. But as far as I think his upside, I, I think people are sleeping on that part of it. Yeah, he's definitely a value at where he's going as pretty much the Cardinals ace this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cardinals can consider Michaelis the ace, but, you know, it's hard to consider a guy an ace whenever he's just basically a bulldog. Like, it's just, just that mentality. Um, I prefer the upside of, of all the strikeouts and, you know, being able to get out of jams and things like that. Um, no offense to Michaelis or anything like that, but the way that he pitches, there's there's always going to be someone on board, or you know he's going to really rely on, um, you know not the, not the strikeout, you know there's the defense isn't really that great behind him either. Yeah. All right. Todd in his third tier starts it off with Corbin Grinky, uh, Tyone. This. This sounds like his favorite tier right here. Corbin, Granke, Tyone, Strasburg, Paxton, and Clevenger. Uh, followed up with Fulty, Flaherty, Wheeler, Madbomb, and, and Morton. Hard pass on Madbomb. Oh, a lot of people are doing that, yeah. But yeah, I pretty much agree. Like, Strasburg almost made it into that, you know, injury tier that I was <laughs> right. talking about. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, Clevenger also almost made it, uh, right behind Flaherty just because he, he already has done basically what I think Flaherty could do this year. And that's, you know, throw, throw 200 strikeouts with not 200 innings. Yeah. I, I'm a little bigger on Clevenger. I've been on the Clevenger train a couple years now, saw some flashes two years ago and started buying shares where I could. Mm-hmm. All right. The algorithm has my third tier with Wheeler, Fultonevich, Clevenger, Tyone, Bueller, Hap, Kershaw, Marquez, Nicholas, Flaherty, and Granke. Uh, there's a lot of upside in this segment. There's also a lot of just bulldogging consistency. And I, I see a lot of guys that, man, I wish I wish they had fallen to this area of the actual draft where I could have sniped a few of these guys. Yeah, that was the problem with uh, TGFBI is that there was just way too many people going starter uh, early. And I just wasn't comfortable, you know, wasting, you know, a, a top pick on what was left by the time that it got to me. And that's when I, you know, I actually had to force myself to take two pitchers back to back when I did because I knew that there wasn't going to be anything left over by the time that it got back to me the next time. And then I pretty much just waited the rest of the time because I, I just knew you know, by that point, they're they're all kind of a mush of every everything kind of looks the same. You throw out, you know, an upside name. You're just basically looking for some innings. I actually went kind of reliever heavy um, strategy in this this league. So let's hope that it uh, pans out for me as far as getting a lot of those saves that I was looking for. Well, hopefully you rack up the innings as well. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. You know, if you get a starter that gets injured in a league like this, and you're only projected for eleven or twelve hundred innings. Um, there, you know, there's not much on the waivers, and, and if you do pick something up on the waivers, a lot of times it's going to be something that's you know actively hurting you. So that last year, I, trust me, I know all about it. <laughs> so I was just looking at some guys that uh, are going a lot later, not necessarily in the top tier, or just some of the favorites that are being targeted this year. Um, one of my favorite is just Masahiro Tanaka. I don't know why he's going as late as he is. 
Um, I think it's 137 is his ADP for uh, NFBC. And I just think that he's pretty much been pretty consistent uh, over his career. There's been the scare that he had the partial tear in his ligament and then it dropped his draft position. Um, But, well, uh, he had the bad year in 17, but he kind of bounced back towards the end of that year and then kind of did the same thing last year. He had a horrible uh, first half of the year, uh, came on really strong towards the end and kind of turned his season around. Um, I just don't see why he he can't you know take a step forward and become one of the aces again as well. Um, one starting pitcher that didn't make any of our list but is going pretty highly on the ADP here at seventy two is Jose Barrios. Yeah. I think he has uh, kind of the same thing as Masahiro Tanaka. He has the ability to jump up to the next tier, and, and he has legitimate stuff. Like, if you watch, you know, the Pitching Ninja ever, like, he has legitimate stuff. Um, he just has to hone it in, you know. I think he gets a little wild at times. He tries to pick picking uh, corners. Uh, he needs to just throw it right at people because his stuff plays. Yeah, there is a lot of starting pitching from the around pick 80 until about pick 200. Yeah. And those guys are a lot of the guys that I really would feel comfortable drafting and riding into battle with. Yeah, and see, that's what I was talking about earlier. With all those guys, you know, I know the mantra this year is uh, get your ace or, or whatever. But <laughs> right. If, if, if you're not, if you're in a league like what we were and they were going off the board as fast as what they were, you got to zig when everybody else is zagging. And, and, and that's something, you know, everybody talks about, but you have to actually actively preach it and actually actively do it. Um, because I don't feel comfortable with much of my staff, but at the same time, you know, they are guys that have high upside and, and you know, guys that, you know, I did want to target a little bit later. Maybe I took them around earlier just because, um, you know, I was short on pitching or whatever the case may be. But uh, I feel like that my, my pitching staff ended up rounding out pretty, pretty well. Like I said, I went heavy with the relievers, though. So as long as those relievers keep their roles and I get a lot of those saves, I feel like that's going to help me out for the overall. Yeah, most of my pitching I ended up going kind of upside on. Uh, beyond Flaherty, uh, Robbie Ray hopefully turns it around. I mean, if he does, it's 200, 240 strikeouts with a decent ratio. Uh, Rich Hill, when he's on the mound, he's on the mound and good. Uh, Trevor Williams, Brad Keller, those guys are just inning eaters that are decent ratio. Uh, just kind of bolt guys. And then I've got a bunch of upside with Forrest Whitley, Chris Paddock, uh, Mitch Keller, the Pirates prospect, Josh James. Hopefully he ends up with a rotation spot. Yeah, Josh James, I don't know about the rotation spot for him for right now. I think they were talking about because where he was at with his uh, quad injury that they wanted him to be in the bullpen at least for the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, and that's he, what I assumed. Might, yeah, he might grab it you know, after a couple of months or, or I mean a couple of weeks, but um, be on the lookout for that one. For sure. Uh, a couple of the other targets I missed on, uh, Hunjin Ryu, Yusi Kikuchi, both going about the same spot on ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's going on with the Alex Reyes situation there? I, I heard he's most likely bullpen bound all year. Um, no. So he's supposed to be in the bullpen for the beginning of the year. Okay. And from what I've heard, um, they want him to get to about a hundred innings. So they want to be able to manage those innings, um, early on, earlier in the season, I think to build him up to be a starter towards the end of the season. 
And, you know, the easiest way for them to do that is have him as a, a one-inning role, you know. Yeah, get him out there. One, one maybe two-inning role, yeah. Yeah, 20, 25 innings, and then stretch him out for another 70, 75. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they're going to be really careful with him. Um, he's the ace of the future, um, which is exactly kind of what my next kind of thought was, is I was kind of scrolling through. Um, there's quite a few guys in that 100 to 200 pick range that could potentially become ace over the next year or two. Um, a couple of guys I wanted to point out, Luis Castillo, um, obviously he was a darling last year. Uh, Chris Archer, I know he was a, you know, he's kind of lost a little bit of his sparkle, but he's still a strikeout guy. If he can actually, you know, figure it out and, and get a little bit back where he was, um, I think it's easy for him to jump up. Tanaka, I talked about for a second already. Um, let's see, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's a guy, man, a lot of people really like his stuff. He's another guy that has an injury, um, you know, a risk attached to him, but when he's pitched, he's looked really good. And, Tyler, and go he ahead. added a slider this year. Really? Yeah. It yeah, looks I, I like beautiful. When they do, I like when pitchers do stuff like that, especially when they're already dominating. They're kind of taking a step forward, even though the competition's already kind of trying to catch up. Uh, Darvish is another injury risk in that range, going about 156. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if he's right, he's going to be a stud for you that should bulldog a bunch of innings. Um, Kyle Freeland, the wonder kid in Colorado. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I but, think I'm, I'm out there. Yeah, but he was definitely tempting in my, uh, in my league. He sat yeah, he there went, and sat there until it, the pick before me. Yeah, he went he went way later than what his ADP was in our league. Um, but so another guy that, you know, could take a step forward, Andrew Haney. Yeah, he did turn a corner last year and just uh, glass now as well. Um, Haney was a guy that was a top prospect for a while and then just kind of had injuries for a couple of years. And last year was the first time that he actually got to pitch um, for full season, basically. And it was it was some pretty good stuff. You can project him to have you know a little bit better of a year this year, coming off one more year from that Tommy John. Um, he's a guy to watch out for for sure. Uh, you're looking Rich Hill at 179. Dallas Keuchel is he ever going to find a team? Yeah, I mean Cy Young winner, but that's the thing. I I, I ended up drafting him. Um, where did I get him? I think it was pick 178, and that's a little bit earlier than his ADP. But I mean, former Cy Young winner who doesn't have a team who really the only people that are going to sign him is going to be someone who is in a position to a pitch him every, you know, fifth day and B not, you know, be in a position where they're probably going to be a playoff team. So they're going to have, you know, a decent offense where he's going to get the wins. He's going to get, you know, he's going to get his stats. Problem is, is if it, if it takes much longer than now, you might rule out the first month of the season. And then that starts to chip into well, is he less effective when he does come back? Um, you know, I didn't like Lance Lynn uh, going into last year uh, with the time that he took off. And then when he signed with the Twins, he just really didn't look right for the first month or two, even yeah. when he did get going. Um, I just am, am wondering if that might be something that happens to Keiko at the same time. Yeah, that's definitely a worry. Um, as we get closer to the 200 mark, you've got Jose Quintana. Um and John Lester. Do you think Lester's got another decent year in him? I don't know. Like everything <laughs> everything in my in my soul tells me that I don't think he will. 
But then, you know, I thought that after 2017, and then he comes up and he puts up decent numbers last year, um, I think he gets a little more lucky than what people think. Uh, you know, 18 wins is a lot for, you know, I mean, it, it, Cubs are a good team, but, you know, he had a one, 131 whip and a, and a 332 ERA. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have to find what his FIP was, but let me pull him yeah, up real quick. Something um, doesn't compute there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, his whip just spiked the last two years. Well, no, it, it returned to the mean actually for him. Yeah. His FIP last year was was 439. Oh, wow. So he's probably one of the biggest differences from his ERA to his FIP in that sense. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there's overperformers and there's underperformers, and he's he clearly overperformed last year. And the year before, he was right in line with it. The year before that, he kind of overperformed. So he kind of bounces back and forth between over and underperforming. But the trends don't look great. Uh, it's you know, it's not my not my Cubs bias or anything like that that's creeping through. Um, his strikeout rate's gone down. Walk rates kind of stayed the same, gone up a little bit the last couple of years. I'm just kind of all out on him. Um, looking deeper into the draft, 200 plus, any names jumping off the page at you? Uh, Joe Musgrove, Ross Stripling with the Kershaw news. So this is where it gets really scary and, and you're just basically like throwing darts, but, um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Lazardo, um, uh-huh. Force Whitley, you know, guys we've talked about, you know, Jimmy Nelson, he's actually throwing now. Uh, he had a really good year in 17 and just a complete loss year. Uh, in 18 and it was you know such such terrible year for him but if he can bounce back and do even you know a half decent you know job of what he did in 17 um that's that's a really great value at 250 uh colin McHugh moving back to the rotation yeah i'm i'm, I'm skeptical on how many uh, innings he's actually going to get though well, I mean, all those guys, you got to think at max, they'll probably max out at 120. Yeah, and, and, and there might be a lot of times where he's a five-and-dive guy, so you know he may lose a win or two here and there. So I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of things like that. Alex Wood's one guy right there that I am just – I don't I really like Alex Wood, but him now being in Cincinnati, kind of scary. It's, yeah. It's, it's really kind of scary. So, um, Tyler Skaggs? I'm not much of a fan of him. But I can see the appeal. He's, yeah. he's a little he's a little shiny on the surface, but a little bit. He he needs to hone down that walk rate. Um, he needs to pull that in a little bit. I think to to not. Yeah, maybe it's not too bad. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, I guess maybe he just needs to stop throwing pitches over the middle. Right. Getting a lot of hard contact against him. Uh, some other shiny toys that people are looking at. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, uh, his last seven starts, he had a really nice run. Seemed see, to have turned a corner there. See, that's the thing where uh, George was talking about on the last podcast <laughs> about um, narratives. And you could talk yourself into like, man, if he could do that for a full year, like how great would Ronaldo Lopez be? And like the most likely outcome is that he's not going to do that for a full year. So be careful with that. Um, speaking of be careful, uh, Annabelle Sanchez did awesome last year and he's going around pick 300. Yes. And I just, and I just don't really, I don't know why he's getting the lack of respect, but at the same time, I understand it because he, well, he was almost out of the league. And um, he was 35 and somehow added a pitch last year, uh, cut 0.5 off of his whip. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> he looked good last year, though. Can oh, you just, really? Can you, no one can no one can dispute that. Like his hard contact uh, or the soft contact, that's what it was. Yeah. He's, he's up there with the league lead with that. 
and man, he just made hitters look bad. So I, I think he's he's a guy that I'm targeting in a lot of leagues. Oh, especially um, late in this late into the draft. I mean, you're looking at yes, Carlos Rodon is there, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, uh, Michael Fulmer, Matthew Boyd. Urias looks like he's going to the rotation. Yeah. There's a few guys that are going like 300 plus that, you know, I actually kind of believe in. Um, Michael Pineda is another guy coming back from Tommy John. So, you know, be a little skeptical on anything that he does, but um, (laughs) damn good pitcher. I mean, he's 200 strikeout um, season to his name. You know, I guess he had fell apart the one year. I was going to say, I know one year he had uh, a really great ERA, but it looks like he fell apart the, the end of the year. But, I mean, he's pretty much been a strikeout per inning guy his whole career. So, he's got the potential to take take a step up as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for our starting pitcher preview. Phil, where can the people find you? Phil, and I'm at the Baseball Jedi. I am Jeremy. You can find me at Front Office Jer. Follow Todd at Goalie Happens. He still has that handle. And follow the pod at Fan Front Office. And of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And we will catch you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>